But the thing is, God doesn't just leave us in the dark. He doesn't leave us in the dark while he's preparing us for what is to come. Just as he prepared Daniel what is going to come, he's going to tell Daniel what to do, how to prepare for it, how to be ready for it. He does the same thing with us. And that's where we're going to see uh, in this next section, the second half of chapter 8, the interpretation of the vision. Picking up in verse 15. While I, Daniel, was watching the vision and trying to understand it, there stood before me someone who appeared to be a man. I heard a human voice calling from the middle of the Ula, Gabriel, explain the vision to this man. So he approached where I was standing. Where I was standing. When he came near, I was terrified and fell face down. Son of man, he said to me, understand that the vision refers to the time of the end. So key point number two for us this morning. Understanding God's word requires divine assistance. Requires divine assistance. Well, let's look back here at Daniel. And Daniel is he's confused. He's, he's lost. He doesn't understand what's going on. Um, he doesn't understand this vision. Have you ever been with someone and you're watching a movie with them? And, and you're sitting there with them. And you, neither of you have ever seen this movie. Right? And you're like, I'm probably... I'm going to picture myself right here with Daniel for a second. And I'm going to say, I'm sitting here watching this vision with Daniel. I'm sitting here like tapping him. Hey, there's a goat. What's the goat got to do? And I tap him again. What's the ram? What is this little horn? And Daniel finally looks at me and goes, we're watching the same thing at the same time. I don't understand it. So I don't know what to tell you. We're both sitting here watching this movie together. And it's like, I don't know what to tell you. Stop asking me questions because I'm right here with you. It's like when you have two people that, that become Christians and they read the Bible and you're sitting here going, do you know what's going on? Do you know what's going on? No, but we need to find someone who does, who can explain it to us, who can help us understand what is going on. Now, Daniel probably understood some of it because there's a lot of detail here. He probably can, can pick up uh, a little bit of knowledge, especially of the little horn where it's saying it's going to act arrogant. It's going to do this. It's going to do that. It's going to tear down the kingdom. It's going to throw uh, the word on the ground. Daniel can probably pick those things up. But once again, he can, he can only understand what his general knowledge is allowing him to understand. He doesn't understand the details. He doesn't understand what it, how it applies to him, how it applies to God's people. He doesn't understand that. So God sends Gabriel to assist him in understanding the vision. Fun fact, Daniel is the only book in the Old Testament that actually names the angels by name. We see Gabriel and Michael. It's the only book in the Old Testament that actually gives an angel a name. But isn't it amazing how God's going to provide assistance when we need it? God isn't sitting here going, sitting in heaven going, eating popcorn going, let's see if he figures this one out on his own. Let's see if Daniel can understand this ram. Let's see if he can understand what the goat is. God's not going to do that. And he's not sitting here looking down at our life and go, well, let's see how this turns out for America. Let's see how this turns out for uh, North Korea. Let's see how this turns out for the people of the world. No, he's not doing that. He's not. He's, he's sitting here and he's going to say, I'm going to send some assistance to you. I'm going to send something to help you. And ultimately, we need assistance when reading Scripture. 
We need assistance when understanding what God is trying to teach us. That's where the Holy Spirit comes in. And if you have that relationship with Christ and the Holy Spirit comes upon you, then you can begin to understand what God is teaching. You can understand what he wants to have in your life. So Gabriel approaches, and it terrifies Daniel so much that he falls down before him. Gabriel addresses him and basically just says, I'm here to help you understand this vision. I'm here to help you. I'm not here to scare you. Um, I'm here to help you. I'm here to tell you uh, what's going to happen in the time of the end. While Antioch the fourth obviously reigns in the second century BC, he can be linked to what the Antichrist will appear to be. You can see both of them in, the, in Antioch the fourth. I mean, look at the similarities, and we'll look more in detail of, of exactly what he does here in this next section, and we'll be able to see how does this relate to the Antichrist? How does this relate to what's going to happen in our future today? So let's continue in verse 18. While he was speaking to me, I fell into a deep sleep. With my face to the ground, then he touched me, made me stand up and said, I am here to tell you what happened at the conclusion of the time of, the, of wrath. Because it refers to the appointed time of the end, the two-horned ram that you saw represents the kings of Media and Persia. The shaggy goat represents the king of Greece, and the large horn between his eyes represents the first king. The four horns that took the place of the broken horn represent four kingdoms. They will rise from that nation but without its power. Near the end of their kingdoms, when the rebels have reached the full measure of their sin, a ruthless king, skilled in intrigue, will come to the throne. His power will be great, but it will not be his own. He will cause outrageous destruction and succeed in whatever he does. He will destroy the powerful along with the holy people. He will cause deceit to prosper through his cunning and by his influence. And in his own mind, he will exalt himself. He will destroy many in a time of peace. He will even stand against the prince of princes. Yet he will be broken, not by human hands. The vision of the evenings and the mornings that has been told is true. Now you are to seal up the vision because it refers to many days in the future. So key point number three for us. Understanding God's word prepares us for what is to come. Understanding God's word prepares us for what is to come. As we looked at earlier, God is preparing his people for what's going to happen. God's not leaving us in the dark. He's going to prepare us. Gabriel's going to tell us what will happen in the future. Right there in verses 24 and 25. I want to break this down uh, just a little bit, these characteristics of Antioch the fourth. And I'll let you easily point out how it relates to the Antichrist and what the, the exact description shows us of the Antichrist. Listen to this. His power will be great, but will not be his own, meaning he's Satan, Satan-powered, demonic presence. He will cause outrageous destruction and succeed in whatever he do, does. That means he's going to be victorious in battle. He's going to achieve power, and he's going to have some wealth. 
He will destroy the powerful along with the holy people. He's going to defeat many people in war. And he'll be successful against God's people for seven years. He will cause deceit to prosper through his cunning and by his influence. He's going to stop at nothing to further his agenda and prosper. He's going to stop at nothing. He's going to trick people into it. He will, in his own mind, exalt himself. He basically has his own unholy self-trinity. He's got his own self-trinity that he's claimed for himself of arrogance, pride, and self-deflection. He will destroy many in a time of peace. He's going to be a ruthless murderer. He's going to kill anything in his way. He will even stand against the prince of princes. He's going to stand in opposition of God because he believes that he is God. Yet he will be broken, not by human hands. His reign will be short and his downfall devastating. All at the hands of the God that he mocks and opposes. Wow. You immediately go to the Antichrist in this guy. You immediately do. You immediately see these, these similarities. And Gabriel in verse 26 says, hey, it's going to happen. It's true. The vision that you've received is straight from God of what's going to happen in about 400 years from now. Daniel's seen this once again in 400 years away. God doesn't leave us in the dark when it comes to the future. God's not going to sit there and just leave us in the dark and say, hey, I'm not going to prepare you for the future. No, God, God's got a plan. He's got a, he's got a way that we can see the future. We know what's going to take place. But doesn't it, this whole thing, doesn't this, this person remind you of something that's going to happen in the future? Yes, it's going to happen at some point. It's going to happen, and it's going to be the Antichrist and the second coming of Christ. We see those similarities. So let's look at how this ends for Antioch. Historians would later recall, would later call this the Maccabean Revolt. Judas Maccabees, meaning the hammer. This guy's nickname was the hammer, Judas Maccabees. He would lead the Jews to victory and in the restoration of their religion. Ever heard of Hanukkah? It's exactly what happens. When this happens, Hanukkah is celebrated. Now we celebrate Hanukkah because of this event. I celebrate that because this is what happened. Hanukkah is actually the festival of lights. The light came into the world and stopped Antioch from hurting God's people. It's, it's there. And once again, we're going to see it with the second coming of Christ. The Antichrist is going to rise up. He's going to rule. He's going to rule. And then he's going to be destroyed by the second coming of Christ. No longer a reign there. We're going to see it again. It's what the future looks like. God isn't going to just prepare the people for the future and make it look doom and gloom. I'm sure you were reading those first uh, 24 and 25 and going, man, this is awful. This is going to happen to God's people. This is going to happen. But God doesn't just let it be doom and gloom. He's got a plan. He's got a plan to save his people. 
It's going to be tough. It was tough for the Jews in that time. It's going to be tough for us when the, the Antichrist begins to rule. But God's got a plan. God's got a plan to save his people. He's got a plan to send a savior. It's all there. Look at Daniel 8, verse 27. I, Daniel, was overcome and lay sick for days. Then I got up and went about the king's business. I was greatly disturbed by the vision and could not understand it. Key point number four. Understanding God's word can be personally overpowering. Daniel had already, we see this in chapter seven, he's already distressed. I mean, Daniel just keeps getting hit and hit and hit and hit and hit with these things that's gonna happen. And, and it seems that chapter eight just knocks him out. He gets sick, he gets weak. He's laid there for days going, how can I come back from this? It was more than he could bear. Have you ever been in that kind of situation where you've either uh, shared the gospel with somebody or, or preached or, or went on a mission trip? I remember going to India uh, a few years ago. I love to talk about India, as you can tell. I love the place. I buy, my heart is there. I pray for those people daily. But I remember going to India, and the things that I saw from the, the famine, the people that were just poor and living on the streets and broken, to the other things that we saw of demonic presence, of, of things of people so far from Christ, and just hurt, and you're, you're in this area of New Delhi, and it's, it's over a billion people in like this two-mile radius. And I, and I stood there in the middle of this market with the people that I was with. And I immediately went, and, and the guy that we were with, uh, some other people, my name uh, um, Scott, he, he looked at us and he said, if you think about the amount of people that are in this area and around us right now, and the rapture were to take place, more than likely the four or five of us would be going to heaven, and the rest of these people would still be here. It was heartbreaking seeing those people just living a life and not knowing Christ, not ever hurting the name of Christ. And I remember the things that we did during the week of, of going and sharing the gospel and preaching in these, these little villages and preaching in people's houses and kind of having to keep our Bibles in backpacks and things like that and not being able to show what we were there for. Um, but going into these places and then coming back at night and just being so exhausted from the things that we had seen, the things that were taking place. And we were exhausted, but, but, as, but as Daniel says, he got up and went about the king's business. So each day we went back to our hotel and we went straight to sleep. And it was like, we're tired. This is a lot. This is exhausting. And we woke up the next morning and said, but the gospel's more important. The gospel's more important. Daniel sat there and he said, I got up and went about God's business. I was sick. I, I took some time to rest, but I need to get back to what is more important. That's what we have to be as a church. When we, when we, when we hear the gospel, when we hear the gospel preached and we share the gospel, hey, it's okay to take a rest, but we've got to remember we've got to get right back up and push forward. We've got to get back up and share the gospel more. 
Because we don't know when this, the end is going to happen. God's preparing us. He's telling us what it's going to look like. He's going to give us signs and signs in those things. And we can follow along with Scripture and say, God, when is this going to happen? God, we need some ideas. And he's going to give, he gives it to us. So we've got a, a short window here of the harvest. And we've got to take Daniel's example here of, of getting up and going back out there. Now, what I saw in India has nothing compared to chapter 8 at all. We didn't see persecution like Daniel just saw. We didn't see that. Now, I hear about persecution in, in America, and I hear about persecution in other worlds, but I didn't see it with my eyes. I didn't see those things. But I know people that have, and I know people that have been affected by it. So I couldn't sit here and just be in Daniel's feet and go, man, I know exactly what you're talking about. You know, but God, but he saw what is important. He's an example. Daniel in chapter 8 said, this is, this is sad. This is horrible. This is graphic. But you know what? I got to save people from what's going to happen. I got to share Christ with them. I got to share the gospel with them. Daniel was com comforted once the sickness and distress passed because he knew God would save his people. And that comforted him. Once Daniel re regained his strength, he went back to work. That's our example. It's that we sit here for ourselves as we get back to work. When we think about the end of the world and as bad as it looks, we as believers should take comfort. We should take comfort. And, and I know that sounds odd. We should take comfort in what's going to happen in the end of the world. We should. You want to know why? Because God's going to save his people. God's got a plan. He already knows. We already know how this battle ends. We already know how the end of the world ends because God tells us. More importantly, he's going to save us. More importantly, he's got a plan. And we should be all right with that plan because it's God. He's in control. And that's what we do. We say, God, you've prepared it. You know what's going to happen. I don't need to worry about it. What I need to be focused on is getting as many people to heaven as I can to join me, to get back to work. No matter what you're going through, we've got to realize, and I know that these, these times are depressing, but be comforted by the fact that God has a plan. God has a plan, and ultimately, His plan is to save us and to send a Savior. That's what it is. We've got to get back to work, as Daniel did. Take what we hear, take what we read in Scripture, and move forward and reach people.